Every day is a competition against your pride, comfort zone, fear, complacency, snooze alarms, bad habits, bad relationships, and more. This podcast is for the ambitious, willing to compete every day to make an impact in their career, health, relationships, and life. Each week, Compete Every Day founder Jake Thompson interviews leaders in business, fitness, psychology, and sports to explore what championship performers can teach us about making winning changes in life. In life. By listening today, you're deciding to start competing for your best life. Quick question, competitors. Before we dive into this week's show, I just have to know, what are you doing today to get closer to that goal? What have you committed to yourself to get done today to get closer to that goal? Because unless you're taking action every single day, you're not going to achieve the success to the level of success that you want for your life. Greatness requires many things, accountability, attention to detail, but consistency ranks as one of the highest. It's what separates the goods from the greats. The greats are willing to put forth the effort every single day, regardless of how they feel, regardless of the situation they find themselves in, they do the work. So what are you doing today to get closer to that goal for tomorrow? I want you to chew on that. And if you're struggling to find a way to take action every day, I want to challenge you to join the Facebook community. Join other like-minded competitors who are pushing each other, holding each other accountable to get the work done. It's great to want your goals. It's great to think about your goals, to tell people about your goals, but it honestly doesn't really mean a whole lot unless you do the work to go get them. And as a competitor, we're doers instead of talkers. So take action. And if you want people to hold you accountable to taking that action, to meeting your deadline, hop on in the free group, facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day. Also, if you are in the mood or the need for some fresh new apparel, today is the last day. If you are listening to this as we drop on Wednesday, April 10th, it is the last day to pre-order your collection from the Compete Everyday Spring Believe collection. We dropped six brand new designs. Actually, we dropped five brand new designs One classic, the Goliath, in a new colorway. You can get all six for less than $18 a shirt. But the more you buy, the more you save. So you can bundle anywhere from two to six of the brand new designs and save anywhere from 10 to 35% off. Go to competeeveryday.com slash collections slash believe. We'll have a link to it in the show notes as well. But today is the last order day to get your pre-order in for this new collection, so do not delay. We have a ton of new designs. Compete for what you dream for. Believe, compete, achieve. And what the world meant to break me has failed. It's a lot of inspiration, but it's around the idea of believing in yourself, having dedication and pride, never giving up. That's what creates a winner. That's how you're going to be a winner in life by believing you can be and taking action every single day to go get it. Today's podcast guest, if you are in the CrossFit space, if you have been in or around the sport of CrossFit for a while, you know this man very well. 
Ryan Schultz. I love the guy. He was with Killcliffe for a while. He is now one of the leads at Romwide, a app that teaches mobility, teaches fitness, teaches yoga, all from the palm of your hand in your cell phone on your laptop browser. Uh, it can be a game changer in your daily fitness routine for just 10 to 15 minutes a day. But Ryan is one of the leads and partners at Romwide. But we don't talk too much about what he's doing there. We talk a little bit about his journey throughout his working career, through the CrossFit ranks with Killcliffe, with Romwide. But a lot of the conversation centers around leadership, notably leadership in your household. As Ryan and his wife, Julie, are raising some amazing kids and teaching them lessons about being servant leaders, about being on the lookout of how I can help others, how I can constantly be learning and growing. And it was in this conversation that I received personally so much value from Ryan that I was excited to just be able to share it with you. And so today, you're, it's going to be a little bit of a quieter conversation. So bear with some of the audio as we were sitting in a coffee shop and near downtown Fort Worth, Texas, a uh, place I love, place I went to school. Ryan is a resident of the Fort Worth community now and, and just making a major difference with the relationships he has with the people he's loving on and serving. And so you're going to find extreme value out of this, regardless of whether you know who Ryan is before this talk or you've been calling him a good friend for years. So I'm excited to welcome to the show leader, partner at Romwad, and more importantly, just an all around great guy, Ryan Schultz. Dude, I'm, I'm excited. We connected man, seven, six years ago back in the East. CrossFit heydays, uh, when you were with Killcliffe, I always laughed that you are one of the cool kids of the sport. Uh, and although a lot of people don't know your name, you had a hand in probably some of the most influential brands within the sport. Um, so before we kind of dive into what you're doing now with Romwine, give everyone just a little intro about your work from early days of CrossFit into now leading probably the brand of the sport. Appreciate that. Um, definitely been, uh, long road uh, like you said six or seven years a lot has come and gone and changed so to see a few of us still left standing um, in the game um, the cream rises to the top so i'm not trying to pat our backs a little too much there but we've made it through um yeah i mean before it was a thing right and to a lot of people crossfit is still not a thing I remember my original introduction with Chuck Bennington and him walking up to our supplement store and asking me you know, if I had seen CrossFit and I legitimately asked him, who is CrossFit? And, and that was the first introduction to CrossFit I had. And that weekend, you know, he invited me to CrossFit GSX. That was the godfather of gym, gymnastics home. And the meat tucker and Baker Levitt was there for Killcliffe. And, that's kind of how the whole story started. He came over, we put some drinks in the supplement store, and it kind of just took off from there. Yeah, I, I, you know, the one thing I've always found fascinating about your journey is the brands that you work with, and I don't think it's an accident, tend to explode. Uh, and so you have a knack and skill set, I would say, for growing brands effectively. Not only that, but the right people, because the names of the sport regardless of whether it's in the know with CrossFit. If you're in that community, you know the celebrities. They're involved with the Kill Club for Ramwa now. One, have you 
tell me a little bit about your work before Kill Cliff because kind of what led you down the path to being so good at what you do? Great question. I think it was something that, you know, was probably started from God's concept of me and my mother's womb. Um, I think I was born this way. And I've been a people person my whole life. Um, I've been the guy that jokingly people have said, sell, you know, catch up to the lady in a white gloves and a white dress on a hot day. The, you know, the guy that can sell ice to an Eskimo. I never really put myself as a salesman. I just fell into sales roles because I was good at talking and liked people and was able to build relationships and build rapport and the rest kind of just followed me. I wasn't, I wasn't selling where I realized quickly in like the Kill Cliff game that a lot of these people were buying Kilcliffe just to have us come and hang out, come and do an event on the weekend to see like there was a cool brand in their space. Um, I don't attribute that to myself. I mean, some people probably want to hang out with me, but most of it was just have a quote unquote big brand in the space at the gym, hanging out. I think one of the things you said though there is just invest in the relationships and then some of the conversations that we had earlier offline were about just how can I help like that seems to be your approach which I think from what I've learned that's the key to success in sales or anything right I, I think that was what my ultimate mission statement is as I'm you know my late 30s looking back on life I think I was put on this planet to what I try to do and with like just basic right with the supplement store it was trying to give people basic information knowledge that they weren't getting at the GNC right um, with Kill Cliff it was an alternative to other sodas right it was I'm joking called the CrossFit soda it was still a soda it wasn't as bad as other sodas yeah right so with raw water I felt like we're helping people stretch which is something they should have been doing since forever and should be doing forever um, but it's not like it's not recreating the wheel it's not mad science it's literally just trying to do what's right helping people and learned a long time ago that if you help enough people get what they want in life in turn you will get what you want in life and whether it's the golden rule or whatever circles or things that you believe in and follow um, I think that's just been the way I've treated kind of everyone and everything and it's always come back tenfold you know one of the things that you just mentioned that intentionally I hadn't thought about taking the conversation there but I'm more intrigued by is you're very open with your faith and if you, anyone who follows you on social media sees that in today's world that seems so polarizing one way or the other, it's really hard sometimes to be in a place where you can speak about what you believe without alienating people. But I feel like you've done that effectively to where you're constantly caring about the relationship. Has that always been your MO? Um, or kind of what's been that changing point over the course of your life? Because I feel you almost seamlessly integrate what you believe with what you do and how you treat people. And again, I think it's just... I take that as a compliment. Thank you, Jake. Because I feel like and it's not like it's, it's a cop out or a reason or excuse. I was raised in the church. My dad was a pastor. Like I was built. I was brought up, born in this this way. Um, 
and those things were instilled in me from a young age. And when you take the simple principles that you learned in kindergarten and apply them to business, you find success. And I think that's where a lot of our successes come, or my successes come, is when people sit down and like, all right, you know, what, what do we need to do? And I tell them, and they're like, that's it? It's like, I'm sorry, yes, but told you there was three things you needed to do if you do those three things like you will be successful pretty simple and you know i joke with my wife we've been together for you know, 16 years it's like i feel like we need to be together for 40 years for her to start to understand the things that i've been saying because like i know like what do you mean it doesn't make sense i'm like i know it doesn't make sense but it does make sense it's really that simple like be nice to people right Treat others how you want to be treated. Share, like, give, ask, be nice. It's just like, literally, you go back to kindergarten. What did we learn this week, kids? Okay, apply that to business, and I think you're going to be okay. Well, and a lot of it has to come down to, like we talked about before, of just the chiseling that rock over and over and over again. And so in today's world, you, you get caught up on social, and you see what everyone else is doing, and you think, well, this brain just came out of nowhere. We've got to do X, Y, and Z rocket ship to the moon instead of we just need to do these three things over and over and over and over again. And it sticks. It just takes a long time. <laughs> so obviously you've been involved with Romwad from its very early days. Tell everyone listening that's not as familiar with the brand what it is um, and then what you're doing right now with it. Romwad is range of motion workout of the day r-o-m-w-o-d dot c-o-m simple and i mean it is that like if you're not looking at the computer right now and you're not typing or in front of the screen the range of motion workout of the day is what it sounds like it's literally a daily video on our website or our app um, it gives you a stretching routine it's based in yin yoga and it's a little different than what you normally see at your vinyasa or your yoga studios you have the same poses for 30 seconds three minutes five minutes and just kind of melt um, and we film in gyms we film with athletes so it looks like us it looks like our type of people and i think that's one of the easiest things for people to relate to like oh yeah i know that gym or that guy looks like me like where well, we kind of made yoga look cool that makes sense well i mean a lot of athletes don't want to walk into a yoga studio because they have a stereotype of who goes to yoga studios but this is something in your home garage that you just pull up the app your computer do right there and it's like you said it's people that look just like you and another thing the wrong one is is we didn't we didn't incorporate all the eastern religion right we could have we just talked about it's just stretching like leave it at that but there's people that hit us up and are like oh man i found like this enlightened period it's like no it's just called peace and quiet like for the first time in your weekly routine you found 15 minutes to shut everything else off and just listen right or breathe um but there's a lot of other yoga companies that really spit the spiritual and spit the chakras and the alignments and this and that. Don't get me wrong, it's fair. Like, we're not saying that it's not. We just don't push it. And I think that's what a lot of people like about us is, you know, my mom, for instance, she went to a yoga class once and the lady was a little too 
hippy dippy trippy or whatever. And I was like, yeah, no, no go for yoga. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not yoga's fault. That's not even the practice. It's just that one person that kind of went a little too far with it. That scared people off. And so we've always been like, no, let's let them find that stuff on their own. We'll just keep it simple. Press play. Just stretch today. Well, it, it's interesting you made that example. It's like walking into a gym and having a crazy intense coach that scares someone off and they never want to step foot in the gym again versus welcoming them in where they are, how they are. And there's obviously a million roads we could run down from a faith perspective on the same type of conversation. Uh, so you guys now sponsor, official sponsor CrossFit Games, official sponsor of USAW, USA Weightlifting. Uh, is there another sport that you guys are heavily, at least publicly involved in? Um, I mean, not on the... Not on the front end, and that's something we've been kind of good about not showing is not that the, it's not for other sports or in other sports, it's for every sport, it's for everybody. Like everybody needs to stretch, everybody needs to be doing this. Um, but we've got you know major league baseball players and NFL players, and you know, we've got collegiate teams that are doing it in their weight rooms. and we're just not saying we're the official sponsor of NCAA or UFC or that, this or the other yet. I think that's the future of Ramwan. Uh, my ultimate goal was, I mean, I joke, but literally before Ramwan, the last time I stretched was the sit reach test in junior high school. And that was the last time I can legitimately remember stretching out and just like, Okay, cool, little warm-up, the coach, cool, and I touch my toes here, was do the reach between the legs thing during football warm-ups, and that was it. So, here we go. <laughs> and now you do it daily. Yeah. Ideally, right? I'm, what is the hair club for men thing? I'm not just the president, I'm a <laughs> user. And that's right. No, I need to do it more, don't get me wrong. It's just like anything else, I should probably do it five to seven times a week or five to eight, three to five times a week. Is it part of on those three to five times? Is it part of your morning routine? Do you have a set morning routine that kind of gets you up and going? I'm sure with kids going to school, it's a little more chaotic. It definitely isn't something I like to do once the kids are off to school or gone. Sometimes in the morning, we'll have them jump in with us just if they're training or their jujitsu the night before, it's gotten a little tight. Um, but it's also a very good time for me and Julie to just sit and chit chat for 15, 20 minutes, just looking at each other in the eyes, nothing else kind of going on, and just be on the mats, start the day off like that. Um, I also like doing it at nighttime before bed, it's a good cool down, kind of chill out um, right before you set yourself to sleep. So I want to switch gears because you mentioned doing the Ramad with your kids. You're, you've mentioned a few times about the lessons your parents instilled in you that have made you so successful. What are some things that you're just daily trying to pour into your kids right now that you want them to grow with? And how are you pouring those things into them? Oh, man. I think giving is one of the biggest things I try to push on my kids and helping others. Um, they get to see me doing that uh, with whatever organization I'm involved in. I like helping kids. Um, I think that there's, I don't know this is going to sound terrible, the pet people are about to unfollow me and hate me, but I know that there's enough organizations out there fighting for pets, fighting for dogs, fighting for cats, and this and that. 
I don't think there's enough people fighting for the kids. And as the future of any foundation, the kids won't matter. Like, if we're going to worry about the future of this country, we need to focus on the kids and nobody else. So that's why I've, and again, maybe that's just because the way that I've always been, I've had a heart for kids. Um, I thought I was a youth pastor. That was like the ultimate Hawaiian trauma, for instance. Um, everyone's like, of course you took a foundation of Kauai to be part of. It's like, yes, it is one of the most beautiful places on the planet, but it wasn't about that. It was, it was about showing people that, yeah, this is one of the prettiest places on the planet, but it also, also is one of the dirtiest, nastiest, darkest places too behind the scenes. Um, so that with, with Roe for a reason in Asheville and helping Derek and Gigi's Playhouse. Um, down syndrome um, awareness for kids with Rich Froming's Man um, for Mustard Seed again helping kids um, stoked an organization I found through Sal Masakela that's helping inner city kids in like LA, uh, Chicago, New York get access to go snowboarding, go surfing, learn new skills, artwork, coding. Um, that's something that they never have an opportunity for. So I think my kids see me doing that and getting so much joy from it. Um, I think that is the best example I could set for them. Um, while I'm not trying to teach them, right? I'm not doing it to be like, hey kids, look at what I'm doing. Um, there are some of those teaching points when you have to help the kids make something make sense, right? They're like, well, why? Why did you just do that, Dad? Or why, why do we keep going back and helping these people? Or why, why are we doing this also? Um, and just teaching them that we're a very blessed family, we're a very blessed life, and God continues to do that, so we have to continue to give back. We have to continue to help others. And they're getting to a point now where they're starting to create their own ideas, form their own concepts of this is what I can do, this is how I can help, and that I think is bringing me the most joy is they're not just going and watching me, they're going and doing also. So I think that's where they're going to be able to take helping, giving, um, and faith, I think is one of those things, there's three pillars, those are the things that I want them to kind of take from this is what I learned from Dad. Well, in all three of those pillars, you face pushback and adversity, regardless of where you're on the journey. You mentioned earlier you worked with a company that did door-to-door with Verizon back in the day. Door-to-door rejection fell the company. How did your parents teach you to handle and continually overcome rejection because you've had a successful career in sales, so you've been able to master that? Man, I honestly, I, I don't know. It's a great question because I think maybe my mom just told me she loved me a lot. Like, she told me it'll be okay a lot. Like, I don't know because I have a lot of concussions, right? And so my short-term memory is, to me, sometimes a gift right? and sometimes a curse. But I don't remember the amount of doors I got slammed in my face and sometimes that shotguns were cocked behind doors and we ran down blocks like that dogs put out on us like and chased like definitely 
authentic scam, to say the least. Um, it was door-to-door sales, and it built me on top of everything my parents did, everything that God did, door-to-door sales, and that company and those guys gave me so much more that it's one of those things where I tell people I think every single person needs to be in some form of service at some point in their lives whether that's hostessing bartending waiting like everybody needs to be in that position um, in sales because the things you learn about overcoming objections about overcoming adversity about staying positive about being just numbers driven and focused on the goal. Um, I think service and sales are two of the things that make some of our strongest people today is we're going to look back and do data 30, 40 years from now and look at who was successful, how they were successful outside of these crazy anomalies, one-off hits and stories. We're going to see, oh wow, that guy was a server or that girl was a hostess or she was a bartender. Oh wow, look at the service that they did. Oh, look at the sales that they did. There's a lot you can learn from being in service and being in sales. I love that. All right, so I want to switch gears because you mentioned the Hawaii nonprofit that you're now on the board with. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with them and then obviously the big run. Yeah, so um, being in the space, um, you know, for the last few years, I had seen people going to the trail run. And what it looked like from the outside was a whole heck of a lot of fun. But I knew it was more than that. And at that point, I felt that tug in my heart, like, you need to go show the world what this is real about. Because um, it looks like a vacation of a bunch of famous people. Um, don't get me wrong, we took a bunch of famous people with us this year. But it was to spread the news of what's really going down. There's a documentary that will be dropping probably April or May. Um, produced by the Ramwad team, kind of telling the why of why we went and why we go. Um, but it was the ultimate Hawaiian trouble that drew me to this foundation um, because it was just, as Aaron Hoff says, it, the creator, the founder of the foundation, um, the run was built on suffering. And when you see the run and kind of see the, the videos or pictures of the run it looks terrible like one of those oh that looks like one of the worst things I've ever done in my entire life let's go so I wanted to do it just because it was one of those things that looks like it's outside your comfort zone like you're literally running on private land in Kauai that's some of the stuff we're cutting and has never been walked on right? I had been touched for 30 years so you're in a very special kind of secret place and it's beautiful it's, it's majestic and I see it as you know my way of connecting closer with God because it's like I mean I joke but on my first time on the run I talked to God twice right like one was like Jesus save me because I don't know where I am like God help me and the other one was like get to the top of the mountain and look out and it's like thank you Jesus like I'm here I made it but it was figured to literally know so many things at the time but I think that was my personal kind of reason. And I knew, obviously, I'm not the brand, right? I'm not the, I'm the pusher. Um, you said, when we open this, most people don't know my, they don't know my name. And that's a okay. Like, I'm fine with that. I like that. But I utilize the brand's reach, the brand's power to build up the run and utilize our athletes to showcase what the run was about. Um, 
because I want to do maintenance awareness where it can be something that leaves the island and comes to the mainland and it can be so when we backtrack the Keala Foundation that you know, hosts Delta Mountain Children is a nonprofit that takes kids from all over Kauai and allows them to do jiu-jitsu for free, pays for their geese, not only that, but does CrossFit at multiple locations. They don't have to pay for their training, their coaching. They get picked up from school, they get dropped off at home, they get fed dinner. Um, it's a pretty amazing experience when a lot of these kids don't have much. Um, they get this overwhelming love and experience and knowledge for free. So it's pretty killer foundation to be a part of. And for me, it's, it's rad because it gets these kids off the street and doing what everybody else is doing. They're like, it's a small island and everybody knows everybody and what's going on. Biggest problems there and the surfing community is just drugs. You know, a lot of guys that smoke and surf or snort and surf and that's basically what they do but they're good in the water and the kids look up to the dudes that can rip and so whatever they're going to do we're going to go there that guy's not going to school I'm not going to school like that guy doesn't have a job I'm not going to have a job like I can do that I can do that too so um, now again we get to go and do it and it's in one of those beautiful places in the world so we get to vacation in paradise but it's great because I get to show like our kids you get to take off the blinders. You're not just here for three to five nights and seeing just this, you know, the resort right in the sand. Like kids are seeing kids with no shoes, like not by choice. Like kids are seeing kids with no food, not by choice. And the kids are getting an experience, but they're also getting education. And that's what don't get me started on public school systems, but. We got in trouble when we get home because they missed school. It's like, do you not understand what our kids are doing in Kauai for three days that they missed school? Like, like I said, that's another episode. What, uh, so when is the run each year? How can people find out more about it? Okay, so the ultimate Hawaiian trail run um, takes place usually second week in September every year. I believe it's going to be September 14th this year. It takes place on Kauai. Um, the Keala Foundation is K-E-A-L-A. You can find all those things online. Awesome. I would say, as, as, as I joke with my wife, she's like, I wonder what this is. I'm like, you know what? There's this thing called Google and, or Alexa or any of these things. Just say hello, computer, out loud in your house or your business. And I guarantee one of them that's listening will say, Yes, I'm going to help you. And just think when we were growing up, it was like Encyclopedia Britannica. And how do I find this? You had to like go to your friend's house that had those books. And you could like schedule it because you had to like call and wave a man to the phone some phone you could like schedule it over there you had to like ride your bike all the way to his house to see if there was a phone and man i remember having to figure out how the library cards work to find books to put on covers just for research papers and those librarians still to this day pride themselves on that card catalog that three letter three number system i will never i'm, I'm thankful that that's gone <laughs> we still take the kids in the library we still have them checking out books because Yes, they can do stuff on a computer and pads, but like something about a book in your hand and flipping the pages. It's just call me old fashioned. That's fun. Love it. All right, Ron. I know you like to be behind the scenes, but where can anyone listening find you on social? Uh, Ronwalk.com. At Ronwalk. Um, for the business, for me, it's. Um, this is this is a joke because I have another long story, but at the 
Rye Rye Schultz, T-H-E-R-Y-R-Y Schultz, S-C-H-U-L-T-Z, and that's all the channels. Awesome. We'll be linking that to the show notes. For anyone listening, reach out. And if you haven't checked out Wide, it will change your life. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Jake. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. Visit CompeteEverydayPodcast.com to learn how you can get connected with other everyday competitors. Contact the show and find resources to help compete for your best life.